What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Chaz Pearson, and this is the Outlet Forum with my esteemed co-host, Chris Camello. What up, Chris? We are the champions, my you friend. Love that song. You love that song. Whenever we crown a champion in the NBA, this man sings this song. We've been doing this, what, three, four years now, and I've heard it every single year. The Denver Nuggets are your 2023 NBA champions. We'll talk about how Nikola Jokic is the finals MVP and mm. how they were able to close out the Miami Heat in five games. Is Kyrie and James Harden on the move to, to Phoenix, possibly? Mm. We'll get into that. And also, could Dame finally be on the move this summer? Could this be the summer for Dame? I don't know. We'll see. But, Chris, of course, we got to get into the Denver Nuggets. They, they did it, man. 47 years, first NBA finals first NBA championship trophy, Mike Malone, KCP, Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray, Aaron Gordon, Bruce Brown even came up huge Mm. with a huge rebound and put back to go to take the Nuggets up five with about 30 seconds left. Chris, what did you make of not only this game five, but this whole NBA finals? And does this, I know we always have to ask a question, a definitive question about who's the best in the league, um, is this the best player right now in the game, bar none, with Jokic? Can you kind of encapsulate that for me and answer some of that and put it into perspective really what this championship means for the Denver Nuggets and the NBA as a whole? You know, it's funny. It's uh, the first ever championship in the history of the Denver Nuggets franchise, 47 years. A lot of great players that are overlooked. Guys like Alex English, Kiki Vandaway, Dan Issel, uh, a Sky, uh, who, who was it? Skywalker, uh, Skywalker Thompson back in the day. Of course, Carmelo Anthony, Dikembe Mutombo, take your pick. It's so big for the city of Denver for a guy like Stan Kroenke. It's another day at the office. This guy has become a winning machine. This is his third major yeah. championship. In the last two years, you talk about the Rams Super Bowl, you talk about the Stanley Cup for the Colorado Avalanche last year, and now you're talking about a Denver Nuggets championship. So shout out to Stan and his son, Josh. I know Josh does a lot of work behind the scenes. Fantastic job behind the scenes. But you know what? Denver finally got their respect. They had been disrespected, I think, the entire season because a lot of people probably thought they're frauds. Uh, Given the history of the, the Western Conference number one seeds the last two years, Phoenix and Utah, who both went down in the second round the last two years, respectively. Everyone thought, oh, Denver could be beaten. Denver could be had. They exposed everybody. And I mean, everybody they came in, uh, came to play throughout these playoffs, including the Miami Heat. You know, people want to say, oh, D'Angelo Russell looked terrible. Look at Gabe Vincent. He was awful in this series. Look awful. at Max Struess. He was terrible in the series. They found a way to become a matchup nightmare. And it went beyond Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray, who were absolutely sensational throughout this playoff run. Shout out to the Joker. Hey, Chaz, not too bad for a stat patter, huh? Everyone wanted to knock Jokic that he was this, he was that. And now look at him standing on top of the basketball world as a champion. And he made some huge plays. Jamal Murray, my shot's not falling. Guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to distribute. I am going to show that I could give you 12 assists and, and zero turnovers. And, and do my best Chris Paul impersonation. Aaron Gordon, I could drop 27 points and keep Jim, uh, Jimmy Butler from dropping 27 points. Michael Porter Jr., my, my shot's not falling. I'm going to go grab 13 rebounds and chip in 16 points. And then, of course, KCP, Bruce Brown. We are going to find a way to make the biggest plays on the biggest stage, and they did. The putback you mentioned from Bruce Brown. KCP, a big steal, big free throws, a big three. They are a team 
in every aspect possible. And that is why I think they deserve more respect. Shout out to Michael Malone and his wonderful coaching staff. They did a fantastic job. The front office from Tim Conley, who's no longer there, who laid the foundation down to Calvin Booth, who sprinkled in the right pieces over the last three years. I got nothing but respect for the Denver Nuggets and that fan base. That is a tough place to play. And that crowd tonight was buzzing. That city's going to be buzzing for the next few days. And they and they deserve it. So shout out to them. And also shout out to the Miami Heat. A wonderful run for them. They got nothing to be ashamed of. Absolutely. Well said, man. Well, thank you for, you know, putting that together from that perspective. But look, here, here's the perspective I'm going to come at. Um, Mike Malone. Michael Malone. Got to give him respect. Even though he talks trash. Even though he's already, he's you know, even though he's already proclaiming that they want more. This is this is only the start. You know, putting pressure back on the team when they haven't even won it more than 10 minutes. Okay, Pat um, Riley. <laughs> yeah, he's, you know, he's not even waiting until the parade. He's already uh, pro- proclaiming. He didn't predict anything. He just says that they want more. And of course they do. But the big thing for me was that, I mean, Jokic and Jamal Murray just played almost flawless basketball at, at times for long periods and stretches of time. And you have players like Jeff Green, who had a big dunk, Bruce Brown, um, even DeAndre Jordan had some minutes, Christian Braun. They always had effective minutes when they needed it most, whether it be against the Lakers, whether it be, you know, against the Heat, whether it be against Phoenix, even though they were up 2-0 and that, that series came back and was tied with Devin Booker and KD going off. Anytime they had any kind of adversity they weathered the storm even when they didn't finish the season the way that they needed to and I think they lost five of seven down the stretch and Michael right. Malone was was questioning kind of their heart and their effort kind of like he did during after game two of the NBA finals he challenged his team and he got the most out of his team and the biggest takeaway that I have is that Jokic is he's the best player in the game right now you have to give it to him you can't deny it I asked that question and I tried to think in my head of man is, is there anybody better he does it all Right. I mean, I know, I know Giannis, Giannis does um, everything in terms of defense, offense, but he, Giannis doesn't distribute and control the pace and the flow of the game the way that um, Jokic does. And Embiid doesn't do it. Uh, I mean, Luka does it, but he, he can't impact the game the way that Jokic does because he's not as big. So there's natural size in there. When it comes down to it, you know, you want to throw in Jason Tatum, KD, uh, you know, any of these players, Jokic is right there with them. He's a back-to-back MVP for a reason. And he could have been three-time. Joel Embiid, I did believe, still deserved it. But the biggest takeaway for me is that's how good Jokic is. When you set a record for most points, rebounds, and assists for an entire NBA postseason, when the NBA postseason has been played since 1946, regardless of how many teams or how many games are in it, when you score that many points and rebounds and assists and cover the entire board like that, you get it. I'm fumbling over my words to say it. You have to give it to them over and over. And the fact that they had the best ancillary pieces, shout out to Calvin Booth and um, the Heat. They just ran into a buzzsaw, man. They did. And Butler clearly wasn't 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And Gabe Gabe Vincent wasn't 100% either. Obviously, you know, he missed a game in the Eastern Conference Finals. I think it was game six. Yeah. Um, But but no, no, no excuses. They played great. Mm -hmm. They were there. They beat Milwaukee. They beat New York. They beat uh, Boston. None of those teams they were supposed to beat. Mm -hmm. New York, I I thought that they were supposed to beat New York. That was, I, I don't know if they were favored in the series or 
or may have may have been a pick'em, even though the Miami Heat were on the road. But I I'll agree with that. Yeah, New York was probably I, the I one series. People probably thought Miami in six or or whatever. Yeah, no, I absolutely. And you know what's funny? I want to say one more thing about Jokic and Murray. I got flashbacks watching them throughout this playoff run of what AD and LeBron did in 2020. And it kind of goes to show you, even though everyone's in love with big threes, and we've seen big threes win championships, right? Go back to Golden State in 2017, 2018. Go back to the Heatles, LeBron and Wade in them in 2012 and 2013. But if you have a dominant big two, Chaz, and a revolving door of a third option and good role players who are not going to be demanding the ball and find a way to make an impact without scoring – you could do some great things. And that's exactly what Denver had. Every night, it was a different third option, especially in these finals. Aaron Gordon in game four. Uh, uh, Bruce Brown in game four. KCP at one point in time. Christian Brown in game three. So they had a different guy step up for them every single game. And it wasn't always the same guy. So I just wanted to point that out. And that's how the Lakers won. If you could play defense, you got a dominant big two, and you got a good assortment of role players that could step up and make plays, guess what? You could win a championship. And, and this team is going to be together for quite some time. The old, their oldest player in terms of their core is 28. So, you know, you got Jokic, you got Murray, you got Aaron Gordon, you got Bruce Brown, you got Christian Braun. Who, well, Bruce Brown's got a player option, so he could be gone. That's the Oh, thing. he's staying. He's, he's not going anywhere. Well, I'm just saying, I, though, he's got a player option. He can opt out, and you know how opt- people like to overpay, yeah. Chaz. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, he he could capitalize and, and get as much money as he wants, but I, I think he would stay because, I mean, it's it, it's clear that you find – it took you this long to finally find a team that knew how to utilize you and put you in the best position to even be on the stage, to be impacting the game the way that you are. Why would you leave that situation when you've already proven yourself – for more dollars, of course, but I think the, I think you earned some dollars in Denver. So let me just zoom out the lens really quick. This is good for the league. In the last 10 years, you've had at least three franchises win their first NBA championship in Cleveland in 2016, yeah. the Bucks in 2021, and now the Nuggets in 2023. So you're going to continue to see this trend especially over the course of the next even oh, five years. And Toronto too, 2019. Uh, yeah. Thank you for, for helping me out there. Yeah. Toronto yeah. as well. Yeah. You're gonna, All small the markets. CBA, yeah. The CBA and the, the second apron, and you're not going to be able to have stacked teams like that anymore. You're, you're going to have to be able to, uh, you know, differentiate your roster. So you're get used to a lot of different teams being in the mix uh, down the stretch of the season and even going to the NBA finals and having some of these incredible crazy runs, the parody is just even going to get even larger in the NBA. So, you know, shout out to Adam Silver, shout out to the competition committee doing their thing. Shout out to, you know, ownership, everybody just doing what they, now there's a lot to still be improved with the NBA, but from a, from a, from an overall standpoint, they're doing what they need to do, especially from a competitive balance and parody standpoint as well. For sure. Absolutely. And, you know, I just want to say one more thing about both of these squads, why they got here, sticking with the process. You know, this aspect, Chaz, in sports in general, not just the NBA, we're in this coaching carousel. Two years and then you're out. Two years and then you're out. Three years and you're out. One year. It's like, how are we supposed to build a culture? How are we supposed to build a foundation of a squad if we're getting rid of coaches every two to three years? These are two of the longer tenured coaches in the league next to Greg Popovich in San Antonio, who I believe is going to be going into year 27 
next season. But Spoh's been there 15. Malone just finished year eight. It's sticking with your coaches, sticking with your front offices, sticking with your vision and trusting it. And what Denver showed, they could have aborted, they could have traded Murray, they could have traded MPJ. They didn't. They trusted that those three could be the foundation. We'll sprinkle in the right pieces. They shored up the, the backcourt and everything like that, the front court with Aaron Gordon, and great things happen. Same with Miami as well. You know, found guys to buy in, undrafted players, whatever, but guys that knew how to play that Spo and Butler gave confidence to, and that's why they got to, to this spot. So we'll yeah. see what happens with Miami, even though I hate to say it, this is the third consecutive finals loss for Eric Spolstra. Yeah, but he's he's his job security is he's as safe as anybody. So I, I see him. I see him. I just want to point that out. Just, and we'll get into it. This could be a possible destination for Dame. But you know who else could possibly be on the move? Hit me with it. I'll tell you right on the other side of this break, my dog. You know what? Here's to going for it and being terrible. Here's to giving it a shot, even though your shot is uh, garbage, to being the queen of the court. Oh, maybe not this court. To feeling the burn, even if there shouldn't be a burn to feel. To trying your best, even though your swing is the worst. Here's to going down way harder than you get back up. To giving it your all, even though you kind of suck. But you know what doesn't suck? <laughs> Trying to do something you've never done before. That doesn't suck at all. Not even a little. Welcome back to the Outlet Forum. In case you haven't already done so, be sure to download and follow all our shows on all major streaming platforms. We are on Spotify. We're on iHeartRadio. We're on Google Play. And of course, we're on Apple Podcasts. Leave us that five-star rating. Drop a comment. Let's get that dialogue started. You could also follow us on our social media pages at the Outlet Forum on Twitter, at the Outlet Forum on Instagram. Really quick, Jokic, first finals NBA MVP center since Shaq 23 years wow, or is... 20 21 years yeah. since 02 and, and you know what Chaz we, we I, I want to play some of that sound because Adam Silver also acknowledged another iconic big man when he presented Jokic with the uh, finals MVP trophy take a listen this is the first finals MVP trophy that we're giving out since Bill Russell's passing and he'd be incredibly pleased it's another center This year's Bill Russell Finals MVP goes to Nikola Jokic. course you can't you, I, I like that you, you acknowledge Shaq there's no doubt and not to mention there's a connection between Jokic and Shaq but the fact that this is the first award since Bill Russell passed away obviously we lost Bill Russell nearly a year ago and it yeah. goes to, and the finals MVP goes to a center it just seems like it fit right? right right Chaz what do you think about that 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's kind of ironic too, but Jokic played great. He played great. He deserves that trophy. And shout out to the Denver Nuggets and that organization. They're going to be around for quite some time, making other teams rethink about what team they want to join up. And there could be a few players on the move. There's a report out of Hoops Hype, and Mark Stein is also reporting that James Harden could be a possible fit in Phoenix if the Phoenix Suns decide to move on from Chris Paul. They're still deciding. It sounds like from reports from Chris Haynes that, uh, you know, Chris Paul is going to be on the move more likely uh, than not. But, Chris, there's also a report that Kyrie Irving Mm. um, could be of interest to the Phoenix Suns as well if they decide to, um, you know, part ways with Chris Paul. Chris Paul has a $15 million guarantee for next year. Other $15 million is not guaranteed if they trade him before the 28th so of June. So what do you think? Who's more likely to end up in Phoenix? Is it Kyrie, you know, playing with KD again? Or is it Harden um, possibly, you know, getting out of Philly? But word is he might be thinking about going back to Houston. What do you think, man? Yeah, Harden, uh, there's a lot going on there uh, where it seems like it's coming down. The initial thought was Philly or Houston. It's going to come down on one of those two teams. Now, here comes Phoenix, and I think this was also talked about by Ramona Shelburne recently, and it's an interesting idea because obviously him and KD, I don't think were ever a problem in Brooklyn together. Harden's problem for all the reports was Kyrie and his commitment and all the stuff that was he was doing off the court. So it's an interesting conundrum because obviously James Harden going there, I think could work, but Kyrie is really interesting right here. This is a chance for him to basically have a Sharon Stone from casino type moment. If I came back, you think you can forgive me? Thank you. A uh, shout out to casino. One of my, that's yeah. It's one of my all time. I was just watching Irish man earlier this week, man. There Long you go. Movie, I still think I can't help, but think is it, is it something else? Yes, it is. It's my union. I'm sorry. I had, uh, you got me going. These there with shoes, the mom. these shoes, <laughs> But going back to Kyrie and what shoes he's going to be packing and what city he's going to Dallas makes the most sense financially, right? This could be his last big contract. You don't want to sacrifice that, especially with all the injuries you've had, the other issues off the court. If you've got a team like Dallas, that's willing to give you North of 200 million at this point, you got to take it. But Phoenix is sexy. You got KD, you got Booker there. Kyrie has shown he could play with other star players, right? With the exception of, of James Harden, um, uh, with Harden in Brooklyn, which still ended up working in a basketball way. If they don't get hurt in that series against Milwaukee, they're probably going to the finals that year. Yeah, Harden's hammy. Yeah, Yeah, Harden's hammy. And then even Kyrie had a really bad sprained ankle in the middle of that series. He was out for the count. So I think Kyrie makes a little bit more basketball sense than Harden but Harden might be the playmaker that they need. But Kyrie is a guy that you know won't disappear in the playoffs. That's why he makes sense. But I don't know, man. I, I, I still think at the end of the day, Phoenix finds a way to work it out with Chris Paul or they go into a totally different direction. I just think it's too much to hope for either Harden or Kyrie. I just think it's just going to be too difficult. But if I, if I am James Jones, I'm looking at Kyrie first before Harden. Hmm. I mean, that's a, that, that's a, I, I mean, you got me thinking because I was I was thinking and I'll tell you what I was thinking in just a second. But you made some good points as to why they would possibly, especially with the new owner, Matt Ishbia, mm-hmm. wanting to make another big splash 
especially if he's able to free up some cap space and he's able to, you know, finagle to be able to get Kyrie. But I just think at the end of the day for Harden and Kyrie, they're both just posturing. They're using Phoenix and Houston for in Harden's case yeah. as other teams that they can possibly want to go to. Like they're splitting hairs. Oh, they're so torn. That's one of, that's one of the uh, reports uh, out of Mark Stein and um, out of the athletic as well, that Harden is just so torn uh, with the Houston Rockets versus the Philadelphia 76ers. When Daryl Morey, the reigning MVP and Joel Embiid and former champion and head coach, coach of the year, Nick Nurse is on board. Why would you leave and go back to Houston? Stephen A of ESPN is reporting that. Well, I don't know if he was reporting, but he was more so talking on first take that, you know, Houston and James Harden, you know, they clearly weren't going to go down the same path together. Houston was in a rebuilding mode and they kind of still are, even though they have some young guys, but yeah, it was kind of like that. Stephen A said that they had a handshake. Like if we could ever come back together, we will, but I just think that James Harden is posturing for as much money as he possibly can get over four years, which is $210 million. I think it is. <sighs> and would you pay that for James Harden over a four year period? Probably not. Maybe over a two year period. I don't think he's going to get the max wherever he goes, but I just think that Kyrie and James Harden are both going to end up staying with their incumbent teams. I don't see them going to other teams. And I think they're just using these other teams in the Houston Rockets and the Sixers, um, I'm sorry, and the Suns in Kyrie's case, um, you know, to just got, try and get some extra money. But let's go Let's go over to the other side for the Suns. I think that they get rid of Chris Paul, and here's why. I think that the Phoenix Suns could make a run at somebody who just opted out of their player option this week, and that's Fred Van Vliet. Mm. How, good, how, how good would Fred Van Vliet be for the Phoenix Suns if they're able to clear enough cap space to get him not only as a general on the floor with Devin Booker and setting the table but you have Devin Booker Fred Van Vliet and KD yeah in that in that backcourt or just on the wings in general I think that that's a possibility and I think CP3 with the Lakers makes a lot of sense because I don't see CP3 leaving LA for one I think he wants to play with the Clippers or the Lakers, and I don't think he wants to go back to the Clippers. Um, and I don't think he's going to go back to the Suns. I just don't think that they they would have figured it out and worked it out rather than cutting or waiving him, guaranteeing his fifteen million, and then signing him back for the minimum for three million dollars. If the Lakers, if the if they're if he's going to sign back for the minimum of three million dollars, he might as well go to L.A. be closer to his family and play with LeBron like he's always wanted to do. That's just my personal opinion so i like van vliet champion all-star a guy that came from the g league worked his ass off this was once a guy who drove from i I think they were playing the bucks he drove from milwaukee to chicago to be with his wife while she was giving birth to their first kid drove back from chicago to milwaukee and then dropped i think 20 points off the bench on the bucks's head in the middle of the conference finals pawn your head that tells you everything you need to know about this guy. He is a gamer. He is a fighter. He could score with the best of them. He's obviously underrated because it's a league filled with star guards. For the Lakers, this would not only be a guy that could help you now, he could be a cornerstone piece for the future. And he has shown that he could play with stars or he could be the guy that says, hey, give me the rock and get out of the way. I love the toughness. Yes, I understand. Oh, well, he doesn't bring you anything defensively. What's Chris Paul at 38 going to give you? Huh? 
what's Kyrie? What's Kyrie at thirty? No, I'm talking about defensively. What's Kyrie at thirty-one giving you defensively? What's Harden giving you defensively? None of these guys could play defense. Chaz, even Dame, I love him to death. These guys don't play D. They can't play D. The league is too competitive. All you could try to do at this point is wash out the other guy's production. But it's gear. It's a league geared towards offensive players, and these are the best offensive players in the game. I'm telling you the criticism I've heard about Fred Van. I get it. So that's he's still gonna get his money and make make shots, right? So if I'm the Lakers, if I'm gonna go to the point guard position, I think Chris Paul. It makes sense for Chris Paul to want to come to the Lakers. You 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 know you could set up a nice pick and roll with AD. You you obviously have a connection with LeBron James, but now it's really risky because all three of your stars are all injury prone. They're all older at this point. Anthony Davis is 30 years old, but injury prone. LeBron James, we don't know what he's going to look like after this potential foot surgery. Chris Paul's hamstrings, I mean, death taxes and Chris Paul's hamstrings blowing out in the middle of the playoffs. Those are the three things you could always rely on, man. Um, so I, and, and cold also, as ice for that one. I'm cold as ice, but tell me I'm lying. That's, You're not lying. Yeah. I don't see a lie. Where's the lie? But here's the plus side financially with signing Chris Paul. Vets minimum. More than likely, he's going to take the vets minimum. So the Lakers, if they want to go out and re-sign Hachimura and Reeves and maybe go out and find another shooter or another big man to complement AD and give themselves a little bit more depth, you're able to do that. Whereas if you signed Van Vliet, now you become more financially handicapped. Here's the problem I see with, with Chris Paul. If you sign him, you still need another point guard because he cannot handle the rigors of an 82 game season playing 35 minutes a night. So you're going to need to resign. Yeah. You're going to need to resign Dennis Schroeder or try to find another backup PG somewhere. I don't know if Monty Morris is around or somebody along those lines, you know? So that's, that's the aspect I'm a little bit jarry about. Whereas Van Vliet is a gamer. He's a guy who could keep you in a ball game. He can give you 30 points and 10 assists on the same night. And he's young enough where he could still be, a building block for you. You imagine him with AD and Reeves and, you know, assuming they, they keep Hachimura. That's not a he's, bad nucleus there, brother. And Max Christie. It's a pipe dream. He, he For for CP3 to go to the Lakers or Van Vliet to go to the Lakers? Van Vliet is not going to the Lakers. CP3 is the only player. Kyrie is not even going to the Lakers. Especially, you know, James Yo, Kyrie Harden wants LeBron to go to Dallas. <laughs> exactly, which is which is a terrible proposal. He, LeBron's not leaving LA, so anybody thinking that he would possibly do that, he or retire for a year and come back, he's not doing any of that. He's staying in LA. Um, man, but imagine CP3 setting the table with like I get you, like that's a lot of players that could possibly get hurt, but anybody can get hurt. So true. All you need, all you need, is one magical year to be able to uh, one good stretch of 16 games or 20 games in the playoffs. And you might be able to bring home a ring, especially if you're hung, if they're, if Chris Paul is still hungry enough and you got the team to do it. But I think the Lakers still take a look at D'Angelo Russell, especially if he wants to come back on a team friendly contract on like three years, 60 million. I I don't think he's going to ask for that, but I agree. That's pretty low, but like if you can get him on a said though, I agree with what you yeah. said. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Continue. I just wanted yeah, to. If you, that out. Yeah. If you if you get him on a team friendly deal, it just it just makes sense. Shit, you could get CP3 and D'Lo and bring D'Lo off the bench if you if you can really do that. That would be awesome. But I, I don't think you would want to spend that money for the for the type of player you know to come off the bench. So just four for know. 85, get it done for D'Lo with a fourth year player option, three plus one. It could. It could. It just depends on what his market turns out to be. 
And what the deep how much point guards, that's the problem. I mean, with shitty teams though. So do you yeah. want to do you want to play on a shitty team or do you want to play in LA? I'm a Lakers fan, Mikey. Remember when he said that? Here, listen to it right here. What night mean for you as you carry this now into the final couple games to try to get yourself I'm a, a Lakers spot. fan, Mikey. Well, there you go. There's the- that was coming off of a win in Minnesota, I believe, on the road with that Mike was, Trudell. That was funny, though. That was good, man. I'm a Laker fan, Mike. Mike if, if, if that's how you feel, then why would you not? And, the, and that team is offering you a good deal, and, you, and you're not getting much else elsewhere unless you're playing with a shitty team that's not going to utilize you correctly. No, of course not. And the thing about it is, D'Lo, here's the thing. Everyone's going to crush him for the Denver series. Den- Look what Denver did to Gabe Vincent, like I mentioned earlier. Look what, by the way, I was just about to point this out about your guy, Chris Paul. They exposed him. If that hamstring didn't give out, he would have he would have gotten Oh, oh his groin, you mean? Or what was it? His hamstring or his groin? It was like, okay. a, it was his groin. It, it was his groin. My, my apologies. Well, anyway, the hamstrings have given out in years past. This time, you're right. It was the groin. My apologies. Um, but De- Jamal Murray killed him in the first two games. And if the groin didn't give out, believe me, Murray had a lot more for Chris Paul uh, at that point. CP3 was clearly, you know, phased out. And not to mention, they also destroyed DeAndre Ayton in that series, too. So my point being is, before everyone crushes D'Angelo Russell, understand he wasn't the only one that got his ass kicked throughout these playoffs by the Denver Nuggets, specifically from Jamal Murray. So it was Vincent. It was Chris Paul. um, You know, it was it was even Dennis Schroeder at times got exposed so, you know, you, you can't just put that on, all on him. Not to mention, this guy, you're not in the play-in without him. You don't win some of those games against Memphis or Golden State without him. I would be okay with bringing him back if, if no other options are available, which, can I be honest with you, Chaz, more than likely is going to happen. Yeah, I mean, you think so? You really think that? No, I'm saying more than likely, I think he ends up back with the Lakers. I, I just, I don't, I don't know. If you don't get one of those three guys that we, that we just this- talked about, what other direction are you going to go in? Because I'll tell you this, D'Angelo is not going to be their first priority. And I don't think he's going to be anybody else's first priority. Who else is he linked to right now? Like you said, does he want to go to Orlando? By the way, they've got Cole Anthony and Markel Fultz, who they preferred to probably have over D'Angelo Russell. Who else is going to want him? Maybe Miami, assuming they don't bring back a Vincent, but they're going to, well, I want to get into that later. Look, I'll, I'll put it to you this way. This is a, this is an off season where I really don't know, nobody really knows. It's a matter of how teams are going to position themselves with the new CBA. This is, mind you, there's a new CBA that just got signed where you can't get certain players and you can't pay them certain amounts without hitting certain luxury tax thresholds and all that other boring stuff. At the end of the day, it just makes for a lot of more variables. I don't know what's going to happen. I can tell you what I think is going to happen, but I think this is an off season where you're just going to have to wait and see and nothing really can surprise you too, too much because there's a lot of moving parts, but this is the summer where I think one thing might just happen. Finally, I'll tell you again on the other side of that break. There's a beat in all of us. It drives us, it inspires us, and it pushes us through. It is there in preparation, it is there in battle, it is there in defeat, and success. It's the engine, it's our God. And this beat is my own. This beat is how I live. And this is how I hydrate. Body, I'm a sport water, hydration for athletes.
All right, welcome back, welcome back. So, Chaz, we talked about this revolving door. We don't know what's going to happen in free agency. NBA free agency might actually be better during the season. Yeah, I said it. So, <laughs> yeah, I said it. We, we don't know. If Van Vliet going here, is he going there? Where's CP3 going? Is he going to go to the Clippers or the Lakers or the Celtics or the here or there? We're all talking about these guards as potential free agents. But there's one particular guard now who seems like his days are numbered. Dame time has his time up in the Pacific Northwest. I don't believe he will be in a Blazers uniform next year. Where do you think this dude is going? Because he's been a lot more talkative about it now than he was the last couple of years. So what is their draft pick this year? Is it fifth? Three. They're number three. So it just depends on who, like, can you get, another good player for the number three pick. If you package some other players with them, I mean, I think the Portland trailblazers are at least going to try. They're going to try to bring in somebody of Dame's liking to keep him because he is the franchise and he wants to stay in Portland and you've had all this time to do so, but you just haven't really done it like that. You've had a change in ownership. You've had the owner die. It's been a lot previously. So, I get why he wants to stay loyal, but I think what's going to happen is they're going to try and bring somebody in. And because of all those variables that I mentioned in the last segment are going to take shape and happen. And it's going to happen fast, especially over the course of the next couple of weeks when free agency starts shortly thereafter the draft, you're going to see Portland have a conversation possibly if they're not able to bring in somebody to their liking, because you're going to have to get these moves done in accordance, I think, at either at the draft or shortly thereafter, because that's the best time to make these moves, right. because other free agents are going to want to join the team if Dame gets traded, if they can. So that's going to be, you know, a, a good selling point uh, when if if and when he speaks with the organization and they decide to move in that direction. So this if there's going to be a, a summer or a year where Dame does absolutely get traded. I think this is the summer. The mm-hmm. team that I think that should trade for him should be Philadelphia. Yeah. Imagine Nick Nick Nurse, Joel Embiid, Dame Lillard. Oh man, what a what a great squad that would be. I think they're on my team, short list too. Yeah, I think I, I think Philly would be good. Mm-hmm. I think um, I think San Antonio could be a good place for him. Don't call me crazy, mm. but with Wimbing, with but with Wimbenyama, if they especially if they can get some free agents there because they got a, a ton of cap space, San Antonio could be a destination for them. I don't like, I don't love it, but that's just some things that I've been hearing. Right. Um, obviously, obviously the Lakers would be great, but that's not realistic based on how how much he makes. Um, and the Knicks, the Knicks. I'll tell you this: if the Knicks passed up Donovan Mitchell. And held on to RJ Barrett because they knew that they were going to give some assets to go and get Dame at some point, and you knew that you were going to try and pair Dame and Jalen Brunson together. What a genius move! What a genius move! That's the team I would love to see Dame on. But either way, whatever teams take your pick. But I think if the Portland Trailblazers aren't able to do anything with that number three pick to lure somebody in. It's actually going to be decent and a good running mate, somebody better than CJ McCollum for Dame. Then if not, he gets traded this summer. 
Yeah. I mean, there are some interesting options and I think Portland, if this makes sense, Portland is in a better position to surround Dame with the type of talent that he wants, at least with another all NBA, all-star borderline, all-star caliber player. than these other teams are able to go out and get him via trade. You know, you mentioned Philly. I agree with that. I, they're on my short list. I say Boston can also, they've got some assets that I think Portland would like to get in order to trade for, for Dame Lillard as well. You know, Jalen Brown, Brogdon, reigning six man, Derek White's got some value. Um, you know, they have their pick as well. I think they have a few other young players. Maybe they could do a sign and trade with Grant Williams or something like that. So Boston is a team that could use Dame like a legit playmaking point guard. I think Miami would be a good fit for him if they could build their own little big three there with Bam and Jimmy. I, I think Jimmy needed that second running mate in the backcourt that he didn't really have when he needed it most. The problem is, how, does Miami have enough assets, attractive assets that, you know, Portland's going to be willing to, to deal with? And then Milwaukee with Chris Middleton. Can you make, can you try to strike a deal with Portland by trading Middleton without trading Drew Holiday? I think that's that's going to be kind of really threading the needle there. But I think Milwaukee, out of all four of those teams I named, they would probably be the team that would need a another team to go in with them, like a like a three a three team deal. So, however, Simons and that number three pick, even though I love Anthony Simons and I'm sure Portland does too, and I'm sure Dame does too. I mean, he saw this guy when he was a nobody, and now he really had a breakout season for in Portland. So if you could turn that into an all NBA player. And now Dame's looking around like, huh, they got it. They're on the right track here. And we got the cap space. We can, we might be able to do something here, but it's going to be tough. I, I, and I, and I just, I, I, if I was a betting man, I think at this point, he shouldn't trust Portland. I understand you want to be there, but you deserve to be in a winning environment now, bro. Now you, now you deserve to play with the big boys. You've done everything you could possibly do in Portland. And I don't think it's going to be better. It's going to, it's going to get worse before it gets better. I don't know. I'm, I'm really on the fence, but I think those are the teams that have the best situation for him and for them. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting. It's going to be, it's another KG situation. KG waited at least three, at minimum three years too long um, before he decided to ask out and, yeah. and get, and get over to Boston. And for Dame, I think about three years. Agreed. Three, three years too young mm -hmm. to after after the bubble that's when he should have been like you know what i'm out but uh it is what it is is what it is man but with the denver nuggets winning the nba championship there's so much funny shit on social media so we gotta bring back social media posts of the week chris i gotta ask you straight up first because i got mine already oh. cocked and ready to go but what is your <laughs> social media post of the week she gonna get hers before I get mine. I'm gonna take it slow. Come on, you know that song. It's sexual new. eruption. Yes. Sexual seduction. <laughs> sensual seduction. Wait, that was the radio edit. I think you just yeah. <laughs> still hey, one of still one of my favorites. What's up? Real quick, shout out to uh, HBO Max. Uh, winning time coming back August sixth. Lakers Showtime Lakers. Um, yeah, friend of the show, friend of the show who Spencer had come Garrett. on before Spencer Garrett. Yeah, please shake her. Yeah, we'll, we'll probably maybe maybe we can get him back on, but I digress. 
Social media post of the week. Chris, what you got for me? Well, now, now, now I got to digress. Shout out to Sue Bird and Sylvia Fowles. Just had their numbers uh, retired in their respective cities. Sue Bird for Seattle and, uh, and Sylvia Fowles in Minnesota. Two of the all-time WNBA greats, multiple-time champions, Olympians. I mean, they, they, they did it all. Gold, gold medal winners. Uh, yeah. So shout out to, to, to both of them. They really left an indelible mark, not just on the women's game, but basketball in general, even Gary Payton and Jamal Crawford, two guys who left their mark in Seattle said Sue bird is, will always be part of the Seattle uh, sports community. So I just wanted to give them a shout out, but yes, back to the social media posts of the week. Mine was not very funny, but it was, it was informative. It's from Dave McMenamin, uh, at Mc10 shout out to uncle Jeff green. 12 teams in 16 seasons and a major health scare that could have cost him his career and his life in between. And now he's an NBA champion. And for all the guys that we said deserving of it in Denver, we can't overlook Jeff green and, and everything he's been through. So shout out to uncle Jeff. Well-deserved on his first NBA championship. Shout out uncle Jeff, um, former LeBron teammate. Uh, Mine comes from at Jasmine L Watkins. There's a picture of Jokic in the corner drinking a beer, just standing there. It, it's pretty obvious from the videos that I've seen online that he doesn't know how to pop a bottle. He, They didn't have any kind of conversation about this because he looks so awkward with popping these bottles and he's standing in the corner. But she said, Jasmine Watkins said, Jokic said, and then it's a picture side by side of Jokic standing in the corner. And you know that illustration of people partying? And that person that's in the corner just holding the party, the drink with the party hat, acting all awkward. Yeah, that illustration is exactly what Jokic looks like in this picture. But shout out to Jokic. Shout out to the reigning finals MVP back to back, former MVP, um, best player in the game right now, NBA champion. Um, it doesn't get much better than that. So shout out to the Denver Nuggets. And um, hey, amen. Another great show in the books. Appreciate you guys listening. Chris, tell them where they can follow us, baby. Always. So uh, be sure to follow us on our social media pages at the outlet form on IG. That's at the outlet form. Uh, We're also on Twitter as well. Uh, And you can also follow me at Chris underscore Camelo on Twitter. I'm also on Instagram. C Camelo one Chaz, where can they follow you? My friend, you guys know where to get at me on Twitter at Chaz Pearson on Instagram at Chaz P. Well, appreciate you guys listening in. We'll be doing IG Live Thursday evening, 8 p.m., getting ready for the draft. Scoot Henderson, could a few teams be thinking about moving up to get him? Brandon Miller, we know when Miyama's probably going to be number one. Not probably, definitely going to be number one. But we'll get into a little bit of the draft and listen out for uh, IG Live Thursday evening and new podcast every Tuesday, 1 p.m. Appreciate you guys listening in. Till next time. Peace. Thank you.